Hello, everybody. I am your host, Felipe, and you're listening to the Total Basis Podcast. And with me, as always, is Sean Flannery. Sean, how are you doing this morning? I am awesome. I am on the verge of beating you in the Baseball Life uh, Fan Tracks League. So, fingers crossed, the score holds up there. Uh, I had Jacob DeGrom pitch for me in fantasy, and it's just it's a, a, a beautiful thing. You know, he just goes out there and he gives up two hits, strikes out 10, and boom. 30 points appear on my team and I'm like, thank you and see, and see, see you next week and still no run support. Yeah. Well, he, he got exactly one. He got exactly one. So he did get one. the win. He did get same the old, win. Same old ticket. The ground, man. I, I, it's, I'll never understand the phenomenon that uh, some pitches get a lot of run support and others just don't, no matter how good. That's why wins are so overrated in baseball, but you know, people still swear by it. People still wonder when that next 300 win uh, starting pitcher is going to come about. And, and, and you're seeing it. We got Jacob Agram. And I, I know this firsthand because I've had him in my points league forever now. It's, and I finally traded him this year. And, yeah, I have a Cy Young Award winner. But, you know, without the wins, he dominates. But, you know, those 10 bonus points would go very, very far, you know, uh, for fantasy wins, for uh, in fantasy glory and all that shit. So it, it's, it's the damnedest thing is what I'm trying to say here. It's just it's so weird. But uh, at any rate... Uh, you know, we had a, a we were kind of uh, talking through trades uh, last week, and I realized that we forgot to talk about Tyler Mall. Mall's trade. I don't remember talking about the, that trade, but not where we're going to talk about it. But I feel like that was something we missed out. But then there's been a lot of things that have been happening. The big one being that Fernando Tatis Jr. got suspended 80 games for uh, PED use. Mm. Um, it, it could be ring warm, it could. It might not be ringworm. It might be legit. You know, I, I always suspect that his dad of using as well. So, oh yeah, the, I, son. yeah, the dad definitely bulked up there for a couple of years in his early thirties, and it was like, hmm, yeah. And you know, everybody was using. I get it. Still, it's it's just weird to see. And now we're supposed to be in a clean era. And it makes you wonder, like, how long has he been using? What is that the reason why the White Sox didn't like him? Because he didn't use, and then suddenly he started using in San Diego, and that's when he became the top five prospect that he has become, top five shortstop that he has been, that he has been when he's healthy. Uh, and is the reason that the wrist uh, injury he's recovering so much faster is because of it? I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know what the answers are. It's not the show for it. Just kind of thought it was funny. Uh, what do you, I mean? And there's been people just kind of wondering, oh, will this tarnish his legacy? Will his tarnish his reputation? How does Major League Baseball market a guy who has been using? Sean, I mean, those are the big questions. Do you have any input on all those, on any answers on that? I'm just going to say, I guess the curse of uh, MLB The Show is real. Uh, what were the other ones? Uh, uh, I think there was a Cody Bellinger one or Puig. <laughs> like, Pu- Pu- I know Puig was one for sure, but... Uh... Maybe he's the start of, you know, the the MLB, the show curse. But yeah, like you said, this was a guy that was very easily the most marketable guy that baseball's had in a a long time, I would say. And this really throws a giant wrench in those plans. And then on top of that, he comes back and he says, oh, I accidentally took it for ringworm in which the steroid that he was busted for is not used to treat ringworm. There is a medicine that sounds and is spelled very, very similar that is used to treat ringworm, but not that. So honestly, I'd rather a a player when they're caught, they say, yeah, whatever fucked up. That's on me. Yeah. Or just not, don't say anything. Just don't say anything. That's what Robinson Cano did. Don't say anything. 
Yeah. Just be gets- like, okay, whatever. I'm 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 gonna serve my time. I'm gonna go back out there and we'll play baseball. But don't think we're all freaking stupid and that we all don't have Google at our literally at our fingertips. Like that, that that's the part that pisses me off. Yeah, uh clearly a PR control attempt there by him and his it has to be his lawyers and his uh, agent that what do you call it greenlit yeah that that statement from him that try to put a, a what do you call it a a happy face or not a happy face but you know a, a an honest mistake you know it, it was uh, you know I should have done this I should have done that I mean we hear these we hear these excuses all the time. And, and I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but it's really hard. I mean, I like the kid. I like watching him play, but it's really hard to justify the actions that he has. And you can uh, really quick. I was just going to say, and all you can do is just say, well, he's in his early 20s. What can you do? They're dumb. We're, we're all dumb men when we're in our early 20s. Right, Sean? Yeah. <laughs> well, this is what I want to show here. Uh, since we did mention as a life group crossover, which if you're not familiar all of our life groups, we try and connect them every now and then, you know, from baseball to pop culture to football. But this was a, a, a meme that I did not share uh, like I did the other one, but I wanted Felipe to see it. Uh, it was Clostaball. I took it for a ringworm. It was like that when I got here. And it was from the point of Mike Airman Trout. And of course, one of the top comments uh, was, uh, I, I believe, Mike Trout. And then they put Airman like in air quotes. But for all our Breaking Bad fans out there, it was close to ball. I took it for a ringworm. It was like that when I got here. <laughs> oh, I, I loved it. it like they, they were just going all over. And of course, Foolish Baseball started that with the picture of Mike Airman Trout saying, shut up and listen, kid. Here's what you got to do. Get your agent <laughs> and type up a statement saying you had a serious case of ringworm. Then lay low and pray nobody knows how to Google similarly named drugs. Got it, kid. <laughs> and and speaking of Google, I mean, yeah, I was searching it uh, yesterday. I just couldn't remember the name of the drug. So thank you for posting that because I got the name of the drug right off your meme. Uh, but yeah, it is uh, synthetic anabolic, synthetic anabolic androgenic steroid. It is uh, the big one is that it's a natural hormone for testosterone. The mm-hmm. best part about it is that it prevents the conversion of estrogen. So, you know, when you take testosterone your estrogen levels have to kind of go up as well just to kind of uh, balance it out well if you're taking all uh, all testosterone and, and no estrogens involved it's win-win for you isn't it you don't yeah. have to deal with all the other side effects that come with yeah i want to say they said it was like used in or it was popularized by like east german like athletes for the olympics and stuff I like that international i saw that they east germans were the ones who invented it just for this very reason ah yeah. <laughs> reminds me of the the david hasselhoff team in dodgeball <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and i and i wish i would have done a little bit more research maybe next week we could do more research about it uh because uh we need to get to the bottom of this right like because you know the big thing is uh sean you'll you'll get people defending this and say well you know PEDs and steroids, they don't really uh, they don't really improve your your production. They don't really make you better at baseball. OK, then if that's the case, why do they insist on on trying to use it, even in an era where there's drug testing all the time? Yeah. So there are, it obviously works. It obviously does something. Well, bigger muscles doesn't always equal better hitters. I mean, Fernando Tatis is one of the best hitters out there, despite the fact that he has like low contact rates and very high swinging uh, tendencies, the, all the red flags that Sean likes to point out yeah. all the time. Yep. <laughs> but you know who else has that? Byron Buxton, 
Julio Rodriguez. So bat speed always champs uh, any uh, inability to recognize pitches and strike zones. But I even long time ago, Sean, you're not going to believe this, and we'll finish with this. I heard that even PDs have shown again offhand remarks. So there's no scientific backing. I will have to do more research to see if this is true or not. But that PED use has imp- has shown the ability to even improve eyesight, which, as you know, nothing is more important to a baseball player than his eyesight. So it obviously is, it does something. It does something where players are willing to risk. And for Tatis, he's already got paid. So what, what does he care? You know, he, now he has to feel the pressure of, of performing and living up to that ginormous contract, which, I mean, which we're going to find out soon enough, aren't we, Sean, that maybe yeah. it's not as big as some of the contracts we're going to see, like, for example, Juan Soto, he's going to get a bigger contract than uh, Fernando Tatis uh, eventually. So I, I just want to say, did you see where Andy Martino opened up his shit trap and said that because of this suspension and that if uh, the Mets had not extended Francisco Lindor before the 2021 season and he became a free agent after this, that the Mets could have saved $200 million in an extension. Uh, Francisco Lenore was given 341. You know, the, the Mets were basically tasked with beating the Fernando Tatis contract. They beat it by a million dollars. Lindor signed. Andy Martino's argument was Javier Baez signed a contract after 2021 and received 140 million. Javier Baez had a higher OPS in the, his contract year than Francisco Lindor. So Andy Martino's argument was that Francisco Lindor would have gotten equal to or less than Javier Baez if he had become a free agent after 2021. And he got properly slammed on Twitter as he should have been and then turned off all of his comments. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like, Jesus, are people so dense that that really happens? You're like, oh, all all these teams take into account going into free agency is the OPS of the, their final year before they were a free agent. Like, no, it's, <laughs> it, it's age. It's defense. It's what you project them to do. Like yeah, it, I th- people, I, think, I mean, uh, people slammed him saying, Oh, Lindor only would have gotten 140 million. If it wasn't for Tati signing that big deal. It's like, no, Lindor is always going to get 200, 300 million plus dollars. <laughs> and I think it sounds like they're confusing uh, uh, free agency contract deals to arbitration, which still, uh, they still use from what I, from what I understand, they still use those old school numbers like home runs. That, that's why uh, relief pitchers don't care about uh, saved. I'm sorry, uh, they don't care about holds or or strikeout per nine because the arbitrator doesn't care how many saves that you get. What was it thirty? Okay, well you get five, uh, two million dollars or some crap like that. So they don't. Yeah, so it's still kind of um, what do you call it? It's still kind of uh, antiquated, but. That is the system that all, all parties agree to. So it is what it is. So maybe that's where the ops comes from. Maybe I'm just trying to make sense of uh, the statement that you, you're telling me right now. But it, it's a weird, it, like it's baseball. Everything about baseball is weird. But we just as fans, we just nod our heads politely and accept it. Just like we're accepting that the fact that Fernando Tatis Jr. will be out for 80 games. <laughs> this guy cannot catch a break. And even when he tries to catch his own breaks, he's trying to create his own luck. He gets caught with his hand in the cookie jar. So, and it's like, he was so close to returning to. Yeah. That's the thing. Uh, yeah. That's the thing. Uh, I, he was uh, lighting things up for the, uh, who are the Chihuahuas? El Paso oh, yeah, Chihuahuas. Yeah, the El Paso Chihuahuas, uh, the Amarillo sod poodles, something like that. 
<laughs> these minor league uh, baseball teams are they're hilarious i mean they're really getting better uh, like, i like the more extreme they get the more i love them uh other news to uh talk about and again i would love to just dive in into uh pdus and stuff it might i've been meaning to do so but it's like you also see something that i saw this past week sean is like well they should just make it legal already they should just let the players allow it and maybe that's maybe they shouldn't allow it like wild wild west style but at the very least it should be heavily regulated because we've seen the um the benefits of it right we, we saw it firsthand throughout the years the benefit of uh pd use and it could be helpful not just to uh you know get players to be better but let's face it it creates a better product as well oh yeah and last sure. and lastly it helps players recover faster and with longevity issues players can play until they're 36 37 38 hell i mean notwithstanding nelson cruz but Back in my day, Sean, it was very common for players to play until the, into the early 40s. And we know why they were able to do so because of this these magical drugs that are available. And it just goes back to something I, I, I used to read. I, and, and there was a, I was at the library a long time ago, maybe decade, two decades ago, put it that way. And um, I, I bumped into this uh, collection of articles from baseball writers, and it was all about PED use. And looking back i should have just checked it out and read it at my own leisure but i didn't i was i wasn't interested in that i was like interested in other stuff but one but i did skim through it and one of the quotes that i read uh, one of the more interesting articles i read in that book was from george will and uh, george will is a famous writer uh i don't know much else about him I, i know that he's a conservative writer that's all i know but every once in a while he'll write about baseball one of the things that he wrote about PED use, the dangers of PED use in Major League Baseball and baseball in general is it's going to be to the point where instead of having humans playing, it'll just be synthetic droids playing. And is that is that the future we want from this game? I, I, I robot baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, that, that's what we're going to get. But it, it, I get his point. It is a, a pretty fearful notion to say, like, what is natural? What is not natural? But at the end, can do we just ask ourselves is what these players doing on a day-to-day basis, this, these high demanding rigors that is professional sports. Is that more, is that the unnatural thing that we're asking of these players to do it in a non steroidal PED way? Is that what are we asking for too much? And is it time for them to get a little boost in their uh, chemical balance that they have in their bodies just so they can perform up to speed, especially a very difficult game like baseball. Uh, these are questions that eventually are going to have to be answered. I mean, just like, um, you know, the Astros in 2017, it, it always goes back to the freaking Astros. Right. And I, I always say, well, pretty soon they're going to have, uh, they're going to make it okay for people to steal science the proper way with the, with the press boxes and the technology. And we're going to have it sponsored by Microsoft or Oracle. <laughs> or, and there, there's the spy booth brought to you <laughs> by, <laughs> brought to you by Amazon prime. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's going to come to that. And, and so far we're seeing it right. Instead of uh, 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 shutting down uh, or, or enforcing more uh, signal stealing rules, what they did was they got the stupid little, uh, um, the buttons for the catchers and then the micro, uh, the, the pitch com, pitch com. Yeah, p- thank you. The pitch com, the earpiece. And so, little by little, technology is being used as this uh, antiquated game gets uh, closer and closer to the 21st century. Maybe that's the next step. Maybe the next step is all right, we're gonna let you do it, but we're gonna regulate the crap out of it. <laughs> and because it's gonna be heavily regulated, we're also gonna uh, have stricter penalties than ever before. 
including the void, uh, the ability to void guaranteed contracts. You lose your franchise. <laughs> yeah, or you get the death penalty, like uh, Southern Methodist University back in the 80s, right? You lose uh, scholarships. No, I'm joking. Draft picks is more like it. Yeah. So, yeah, these are big questions that need to be answered in this game. But, you know, we go from the high profile. I mean, we know who Fernando Tatis Jr. is. We go from the high profile uh, case that is the PED use. And we talk about some little known players. As uh, I was able to embark on a little journey over at Fangraphs and figure out who have been the best players with less than 50 plate appearances. And, and, and Sean, the first thing you asked me was, well, did you put a minimum? Like, I tried. Fangraphs doesn't play those games. See, so, I thought you could do a, like a maximum and a minimum using the, the PA filter, but I guess I was wrong. Yeah. No, uh, no, it, 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 I had to do less than 50 plate appearances. And then I had to add other filters like, oh, well, I want these guys to at least get me to eight hits. Can you can you do eight hits? And so I got two guys. And now today it's three guys that show up on the list. And of course, because we're big fans of plate discipline, I say, OK, well, I want these guys to walk more than seven percent of the time. And I'll be kind and say uh, less than 28 percent strikeout rate. And finally, at least give me a, an ops of 740. And we came up with two names. Now, today, we come up with three names. And the first name we're going to talk about is Joy Manessas. Uh, you know, go ahead and uh, what do you know about this guy, 30-year-old that he is? From I mean, I, I really had no clue who he was until right after the trade le- deadline when he was called up. And it was after the Tatis trade. He debuted against the Mets. And his first career hit was a home run. Can't remember who it was off of. But, uh, yeah, hit a home run in his first major league game. And, of course, you see a 30-year-old making his debut. Like, you automatically feel good for these types of guys, especially when you look. And he had been in the minor league since 2011. I mean, that is, that, that's grinding. And you just – he's always been, a, like, a solid hitter. He was never a great hitter to the minors. He was a good hitter. But also you look at the last few years when, you know, he's 25, 26, and he actually – he was out of – organized major league baseball from 2018 to 21. Uh, so he skipped three years was a 29 year old in double a in 2021 last year with Boston. And you're like, okay, that he was really good, but he was also 29 and in double a. So you, you, you take it with a grain of salt, but here he is, he's come up. And uh, even though they acquired Luke Voigt in the, the Soto trade, um, he's actually been playing some left field and right field after starting at first base before Voigt came into town and he is off to a hot start. He's already got four home runs, uh, solid, you know, plate of uh, plate discipline, uh, batting 370. Obviously, that's not going to hold. But yeah, you, you like seeing the stories like this start off and get off to a good start. Yeah. And it was uh, it was kind of weird to see because uh, uh I've never heard of this kid, like just like you. I never heard of the guy, but yeah, thirty-year-old uh, from the Washington Nationals, getting some playing time because of the Juan Soto deal. He's been playing outfield a lot lately, and uh, clearly, just by watching his uh, what he is and what and the age and how advanced he is, he is in his in his career, he's just a placeholder for maybe one of the guys that were um, involved in that trade for Juan Soto, uh, especially the big guy. Who was it again, James? Uh, you had James Wood, Robert Hassel, and. Yeah, those were the outfielders. Oh, shit. All right, so it could be anyone at this point. Uh, so, yeah. But in the meantime, I mean, you look at his minor league numbers. Yeah, I think the big thing that stood out for me is that he really, nothing sticks out in terms of, uh, you know, well, there was one, one season in AAA for the Phillies where he had 23 home runs. But uh, other than that, it's like he's always been, uh, I don't know, none of his stats stick out to me. 
the one that does stick out is that he does a really good job of limiting his strikeouts and increasing his walk rate um, little by little. And there's room for guys like that in Major League Baseball. They're just not going to be superstar players. But one thing I did want to ask, is this the future? The shift is gone next year, Sean. Uh, so high contact rates, guys like Joey Manessi, Manessa, sorry, who do a good job of controlling the strike zone. Is this going to be what Major League Baseball teams are going to look start looking for more and more now? I mean, his mix of zone contact, he's got a pretty, I mean, it's not a great one, but right around 84, 85% in zone contact. Uh, he pulls the ball like crazy. I mean, even in the minors, he was close to like a 50% pull guy. So, yeah, you know, and he hits the ball hard, 18% barrel rate, 91 mile an hour average EV. So there is room for a guy like Joey Manessis, I guess, as long as you can live with his defense in the outfield. I, I'm not sure if that's a really good thing that he's doing out there or not. It's kind of too small of a sample size to see. But yeah, I, I've always been intrigued by the guys that really do well and kind of stick around in AAA. And I know it's most of them flounder. Like they've they're they've been in AAA for four years for a reason. Travis Tyrone comes to mind. He was an outfielder for the Mets, went over to the Dodgers, would always hit like 25, 30 home runs in the minor league season. And people are like, oh, call him up. He's doing awesome. And it's like, guys, he's in AAA for a reason. Like unless you're watching him, you're not going to know if you're just scouting the stout line. You're like, oh, 270, you know, 26% strikeout rate. But then he comes up to the majors and it's just like they can get pitchers, get whatever they want by him. But yeah, maybe uh, we see more guys like this given a chance. I'm definitely for it, especially in the like teams that have no chance at contending. Yeah. And uh, that's something that, you know, we had Seth McClung. You remember a former uh, relief pitcher for a lot of teams, most notably the Tampa Bay Rays. We had him on in this group uh, be an active member. And when. Major League Baseball decided that they were going to decrease the number of uh, call-ups in September. You know, remember that they did the big expansion to 40 teams, and I think it's now, what, 28, I think? Because I think they stopped, right? Yeah, it, it's 28, and I believe this year there's, like, kind of a limit because, you know, they've had the uh, limited the amount of pitchers you can have on your active roster. So mm. I think this year, even when it goes to 28, it can only be – it can be two hitters and no pitchers or one pitcher and one hitter. Wow, that's fascinating. So. With that being said, that his biggest qualm about it, because you know a lot of people were still having good. I hate when they expensive forty. McClung comes in and says, "Hey, you know what? You guys might hate, but one of the biggest thrills we used to have as baseball players was when these guys would get called up. And now with less roster space, we're not going to see that anymore. We're going to see we're not going to see these uh, lifelong minor league players get their chance." Well, we talk about Joey Manessas. We got another guy to talk about, and it's uh, what's his name, Winton Bernard, who went yeah. viral this past week because he had a conversation with his mom about it, and uh, it was a very touching. Uh, oh, I, I was, I was at up. work, and I was like, "Wow!" And, 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 and the only thing that comes to my mind is, how can you not be romantic about baseball? Oh yeah, I mean, what's the uh, Winston Bernard, thirty-one-year-old, six-two uh, outfielder for the Colorado Rockies, but he's been playing just like Manessa's been playing since uh, the early 2010s in the minors. He's made a lot of stops. And again, nothing noticeable yep. in terms of the power numbers. But the big thing about him, about Bernard, is he has a lot of speed. I mean, I see one single A, 45 stolen bases, double A for the Tigers, 43 stolen bases. Does a really good job. Again, once again, you're going to see a pattern here, Sean. This is another guy, not a very explosive bat, but he knows how to control the strike zone, play discipline. And from what I gather, lots of uh, contact. So, and it makes me wonder, like, what exactly was it that stopped these players like Winston Bernard, like Joey Manessis, 
from getting that call up? It, it can't be something as simple as, well, they lack power, so we don't want them. I mean, is there something else that, that we're missing here about these players? I mean, with Bernard, you, you look at the profile, and up until this year, really, uh, he never hit more than, I think, 10 home runs in a season. Uh, even it, it, five organizations. So this is, you know, five different organizations, Colorado finally being the fifth, giving him a chance at the big league level. Um, but he, and I hate to say this because I, I want to get, want to see the guy succeed. I don't want to like poo poo on him, but he he's a bit of a ground ball merchant. And even though he does have speed, he's also 31. And like, I, I thought it was impressive when I looked at his numbers and he had stolen 26 bases this year at 31 years old, only been caught two times. Mm. But the the thing that really changed this year uh, in the batted ball profile was, you know, he, he did drop the ground ball percent and hit, was hitting more line drives. And of course, he's in a very home run or just offensive friendly environment to where he can use that speed for, for home runs and extra bases. So uh, he was kind of having a, a career year down there. Um, I can't remember. They're the Albuquerque isotopes. Yeah, like the Simpsons reference. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, he was having a career year, you know, 588 slugging. Um, for comparison, his slugging in the minors throughout 10 seasons was 419. So, but yeah, I think it's definitely one of those, oh, he just hits the ball on the ground. and But usually, like, that still can profile as long as you play solid defense, like yeah. as a fourth or fifth outfielder. So it's interesting that these guys, you know, San Diego, Detroit, San Francisco, Chicago, none of these guys like wanted just a chance. Like just yeah. throw them out there for a few games. That's what Colorado's doing here at the end of the year. Just throw them out there and see what you have. Yeah. Yeah. And uh yeah, former <laughs> well the other the other reason that that there was no investment or no rush to rush him into the majors, uh, if you're any of these teams, is that he's a 35th round pick. Yep. So the 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 value isn't there. The investment isn't there. Like, ah, it's just a 35th round pick. So your, your top five round pick, who's also an outfielder, will get the call before your 35th round pick outfielder. Yeah, naturally. And that's just the lay of the land. Just the fact that he survived this long is, is a testament to his, uh, you know, his uh, work ethic. I mean, he 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 mentioned it to his mom that, that the work ethic he got from her, that he, yeah. she's the reason why he's up there now. And uh, it, it was a very touching tribute. But, yeah, so far, yeah, you're right. Fourth outfielder um, uh, debuted on Friday out of center field. Uh, he has to now battle Charlie Blackman. Oh, wow. I think Blackman's been DHing, honestly. I think his days in the outfield are done. I'm just uh, mentioning the names I see here on roster resource. Randall Gritchuk, some guy named uh, Elahuris Montero, 24-year-old. Yeah, he, he was part of the um, Arenado, Arenado trade. Yeah, he, he, he was a <laughs> – no, I mean, but, like, he's, like, a, a profile that I kind of like in Colorado because uh -huh. mm -hmm. he hits a lot of fly balls. He makes a good amount of contact, and he's got plus power. So it's like, okay, just make contact and hit home runs. But the fact that he's having to play the outfield is kind of scary. Uh, Sam Hilliard, uh, you know, old favorite of ours. I think he's an old favorite of ours. I, I, I give up on Sam Hilliard. I wanted yeah, them to do so well. It was yeah. all five tools, but uh, Connor Joe, I, he's fallen out of grace with that team. Also, another 30 year old who got called up finally. I think he got called up for the first time last year, wasn't he? Oh, uh, rookie last year. Let, he was with San Francisco, I think, for a little bit. Oh, never mind um, then. Okay. Yeah. And Gary Hampson can also play outfield. So there's some competition for Bernard, but. Uh, Bernard does probably have the most intriguing, like you said, the most intriguing player profile just because of the fact that he used to steal a lot of bases back in the minors. So 
even at 30. And, and he did one. steal a base in his first game. Of course uh, he did. Yeah, his uh, first major league hit was initially called out. It was a little bleeding dribbler in the infield. Uh, Colorado challenge. And uh, the stadium went nuts when they showed it up on the big screen and they showed that it was obviously he was safe. I mean, it went nuts. Umpire comes back, calls overturn. He's safe. And then he steals the next like a, 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 steals the base on like two pitches later. So that's awesome. It, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, good, good for him. man. I'm really happy. Check out. Check him out. I mean, it's probably going to be the only games he's ever going to play. But who knows, man? Baseball is crazy like that. You know, nope. today's uh, uh, over the hill player is tomorrow's. Uh, World Series hero, you never know. Rich Hill, everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a very good example, yeah. Uh, so those are two of the older guys, the 30-year-olds. And now we get to the this guy named Taron Vavra, who I've never heard of. I've never seen all year long. Oh, as a, You're, as a you're slipping. You're, you're slipping. I'm slipping. I'm falling. Slipping. I can't get up. <laughs> but before we get to Taron Vavra, there, there is some interesting comments here today on the chat. So I wanted to point them out. Uh, we got Apparently, we have little dick energy. And I th- honestly <laughs> thought we were talking about PED. He was like, oh, that makes sense. A little thick energy. That's, uh, you know, uh, the the bench warmers line right there. What are steroids? They make your pee-pee smaller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how's that fire? And you, you take this stuff to increase your testosterone, but in the end, uh, you're, you become impotent. So, like, what was it all for? What did you gain? What did you lose? Everything. Everything. <laughs> uh, Brad has a question for the Mets fan here. Now that the Mets are messing up my players, like, oh, I've had Conforto and Diaz and Lindor. Yeah, you're right. Everybody's doing well except for Conforto, who's still recovering from shoulder shoulder surgery. surgery. Yep, shoulder surgery. When do we see a successful uh, Matt? Was it Matt Beatty? Up here? Brett Beatty. Brett Beatty. Brett Beatty. Who am I thinking about? Brett Beatty. So when when do we see him up uh, there, Sean? I mean, he was just called up to AAA um, like earlier this week on Wednesday, maybe Thursday has played a couple of games. Everyone's calling up for him because now Eduardo Escobar might be missing a little bit of time. Mm. Beatty is not on the 40-man roster. He has less than 100 games above a ball. He was a 19-year-old high high school prep pick, uh, so he was old first class. He's not coming up this year. Granted, I could definitely see a world where both Brett Beatty and Francisco Alvarez are on the opening day roster with the incentives MLB has given to these teams to start guys from the beginning to win Rookie of the Year, but they're not going to call up these guys Alvarez, I don't think, has 100 games caught behind the plate. Beatty doesn't even have 100 games over double A or above A ball. It's, it's not going to happen. They're not going to throw them into the fire in the middle of a you know pennant chase and expect them to perform in the playoffs. They're just going to develop, finish the year in triple A, and that's what they should do. That's the smart thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. Yeah, but you never know, man. But I agree with everything you said, but you, you, we've seen – some teams get desperate. I don't think the Mets are going to be that desperate, but I, that's I put the it, thing. A lot of Mets fans are saying, Oh, what about the Braves? The Braves called up Michael Harris. They called up Vaughn Grissom. <laughs> and it's like, that was more out of like a desperation. Like with the Braves, yeah. Acuna yeah. couldn't play the outfield. I mean, they were expecting him by that time to be 100%. And even now he's still not Eddie Rosario was out there. We're getting nothing from Adam Duvall. Marcelo Zuna is Marcelo Zuna. Yeah. And so they called up Michael Harris. And then they're like, oh, well, they lost their second baseman and they called up Vaughn Grissom. No, when they lost Albies, they called up Orlando Arcia. Damn right. And then, or- then Orlando Arcia got hurt and then they had no other choice. Yep. I mean, it- it's more of a, they didn't plan out that move. That was a shit. What are we going to do? Looking left or right? Who's available? Boom. You. You are. You're next in line. 
Uh, Andrew, our favorite Mets fan of all time, has this to say. The biggest ramifications are going to be on amateur and high school college level athletes if steroids were regulated, and that's where the mess is. If a professional wants to use steroids, that would be legal. That's fine. But there's still a ton of health risks involved with using PDs. That's right. I mean, internal organs uh, shut down when, when you don't use these things properly or if you overuse them. We've seen um, uh, heart attacks happen uh, before. You know, you'll be working out. You're 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 on a, on, a, on the next cycle of testosterone use or PED use, and next thing you know, you die on the on the treadmill or you die on the freaking uh, uh, I don't know self weight thing. I don't know. I haven't been to the gym in a long time. But you're, you're a fat piece of shit. Shut up. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting that you know everybody wants it, but people do forget that yeah you do uh there is risk involved health and then we've seen uh ped users uh get hurt by the dumbest of things like oh i ran around third base and i pulled my hamstring really bad where the bone almost came off its socket or some crap like that <laughs> these freak yeah yeah bigger yeah. muscles oh yeah freakish more more freakish injuries is what i'm trying to say here uh maurice banning the shift is dumb i think that we were talking about well well these high contact rate guys uh show the benefits what 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 would prove to be beneficial to have around on your team because of the ship being banned. And Maurice has that to say that the shift is banning is really dumb. Um, and then finally, Maurice, again, it's fine to give these career minor leaguers a chance. They are able to secure a big something, I guess, big bag, big money. I don't know. He kind of big period, maybe because he ended his sentence with a period. Anyway, Tam Vavra, like I said, I honestly didn't know about him. It was not mentioned when we were doing the research early in the season. And then I didn't keep up. With uh, well, he didn't show up on my radar when I was doing my minor league research. Other names showed up before this guy did. I know who Vaughn Grisham was, I didn't know who Taron Vavra was. So, here he is 25 year old left handed hitter. Uh, right now, he's DHing mostly for the Baltimore Orioles 6 1. Has a very good hit tool, power is lacking, there is some speed, and that's what I saw in his minor league uh, uh numbers there, Sean. Is that he is he does have potential to uh steal lots of bases, but the best thing about him. I mean, the guy has a very mature bat. Once again, it's a, that's a common theme for these guys. They are able to control the strike zones, the strikeouts, and make lots of contact. Uh, but you, when I mentioned him, you got very excited. What else can you tell me about this kid? You're on mute. I, I don't think he's going to be a huge stolen base guy. Uh, right now, he's simply platooning at DH. I would love for him to be like their starting second baseman and face lefty and righty next year. Um, all that's blocking him is Rugnit Odor, and I think he can he he, he can take over Rugnit Odor. But I definitely see like a 10 home run, 15 stolen base, uh, maybe not even 10 home runs. I know that sounds like, oh, this guy's not going to even hit 10 home runs. But when I look at his profile, it kind of reminds me so much of Luis Guillorme of the Mets, minus the gold glove caliber defense, because Favre just isn't that type of defensive player. But it's just the they don't strike out, they walk a lot, and they make a lot of contact, and they just will dump it into left field. I know your favorite type of hitter, the lefty punch and Judy hitter. I, I know you just love that, Felipe. But uh, it, it, I, I, well, Hold on now. You, you're talking about him, but are you sure he's not more Luis Arias of the Minnesota Twins, who is a favorite of mine? What? He could be. I uh, maybe uh, he might have a little bit more extra base. I don't think he's up there with a rise, and I think he has a little bit more thump than Giorme. Mm. So let, let's call him like the in between there. Okay. I, I I think I like that, but 
I, I always loved looking at his page going back to his first time in pro ball, and you see walk rates 13 13%, 13%, 12.5%, 16%, 19%, 13%. It's just consistency. And to have that at every level um, is really something. And it's, it's kind of salivating because he was originally a Colorado Rockies prospect. I'm not sure exactly what trade he was in. I, I want to go back and find that out. But in a ball in 2019, when he was still in the Rocky system, he had 10 home runs and 18 stolen bases. Um, he hasn't come close to any of those numbers since, but it's like, Oh, what if this guy would have stayed in Colorado? Like with that approach and putting that many balls in play, like you kind of get salivating at that uh, possibility. Yeah. He could have been DJ LeMahieu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he would have been played for the Yankees, helped them win a world series. Right. Eventually. Yeah, One for day. sure. That's how it happens. Right. Maybe in, in 2029, maybe. Oh, we got some more comments here. Uh, it's fine. Uh, let's see. Maurice again. He's been busy. It's been. It's fine to give these career minor leaguers a chance. They are able to secure. Oh, that's their last yep. comment I read. Yeah, Sorry that was the last that. one. <laughs> uh, he's excited about the Cubs. Cubs gonna. He's a big Cubs fan. Cubs gonna call guys up, but no reason to rush them. Let them finish out the minor league season. Yeah, I mean, if they're ready, they're ready. I mean, I know Brennan Davis has been hurt for a long uh, uh, period of time this season, unfortunately, with back issues. So I don't know if we're gonna see him get called up this year. Um, but there's others. There's other guys that we could see later on. Gustavo, uh, also complimenting the Cubs, are doing well by stocking up on prospects. I mean, so what you do it? You don't. You don't want to try. You want to give up all your best players and all your established veterans. Just flip them over for um, uh, minor league prospects. That's all you can do. Uh, Maurice, I have to say the Mets could either win the World Series or become a big meme. So we got a 50-50 chance here, Fron. Um, meme or ring? I mean, I guess. Meme or ring. <laughs> All right, so that's uh, Taryn Vavra. We move on to the newest uh, member of this uh, little uh, filtering that I was doing at Fangraphs, and he just showed up this morning. Michael Massey of the Kansas City Royals. He's the youngest guy here at the age of 24. Another left-handed uh, hitter, second baseman, just like the other guy, Taryn Vavra. And, a, and another right. guy that Felipe didn't know about, and then when you said his name, I was like, ah, oh, yes, I love that guy. You know what? They're not ranked <laughs> high enough, man. They're not uh, ranked high enough. You know how man. rankings are important. When you're in a 30-team team like me, or 30-team league like me, I have to dig for these guys. And I, I can't wait until they're on somebody's top 100 or they're in their team's top 10. I just have to go and, like, just dig through all of these different Twitter accounts <laughs> of, like, the the Omaha Storm Chasers that Michael Massey used to play for. And it's like, I, and I kept seeing his name pop up in, like, Players of the Week for Minor League Baseball. Mm. And then in for the team of the uh, year, he was their second baseman. And I'm like, wow, he's got to be like one of their top prospects. And you go and he was like ranked like right outside the top 10, right inside the top 10, depending on where you looked like for the Royals on fan graphs, he was their 19th ranked prospect, but he, he raked. I mean, he was awesome. And I'm like, why is nobody talking about this guy? And of course he gets his first call up when Whit Merrifield was unable to travel to Toronto and collected a base hit or two and like had really good exit velos on it. Like you're like, Oh, okay. And they trade Whit Merrifield, and now he's starting basically every day. Uh, 325, 375, 425, doing awesome. The defense <laughs> could use a little bit of work, but uh, that'll come with a little bit more experience. Well, I was going to say, uh, once again, the, uh, the theme of the show for these four players uh, is able to control his strikeouts and uh, – has an ability to show that he can take a walk and makes lots of contact. And for Massey, uh, he fits that in, but also in high A, 
hit 21 home runs and still 12 stolen bases. So there is some potential power speed. And then uh, yeah. this year so far in double A AA and triple A. So yeah, he, he got called up in a hurry. I mean, that 24, he's a little bit more mature than the average uh, yeah. highly touted prospect, but uh, he had uh, this year so far and double A AA and triple A 16 home runs and 13 stolen bases. We might have a guy who can be that potential power speed guy that I always I'm looking for. And uh, he comes with a high contact rate as well. So I, I don't know, man. I, yeah, I just, the only thing that worries me is he'll, he'll be in Kaufman. And for someone who, like, in most places would have, like, 20 home runs, like, mm. his might only be, like, 15. But yeah, That works. A sec- I mean, for second base, that works, man. Yeah. Right? Especially with the stolen bases. That that can work as well. So, if so, yeah, uh, Royals are slowly but surely bringing up some interesting. But Vinny Pasquantino also yep. playing up to, up to his potential. You Nick talked Prado's about- up. MJ Melendez is up. I- I'm telling you, I like the core that is all kind of arriving at the same time. Yeah. Bobby Witt Jr.? And we always, oh yeah, Bobby Wood Jr. for sure. He's the big piece right there. But uh, but it always goes back to the thing that we make fun of them all the time about. Yeah, they play in a pitcher-friendly ballpark, but they can't develop pitchers. Yep. But uh, with that being said, Brady Singer is turning into a, a, a thing. He's uh, looking more <laughs> consistent every day. It's happening! <laughs> they finally, of all the, what, the five or six first-round pitchers that they drafted over the last four or five years, they yep. finally got one, Sean. They the got 20, one. 2018 18th overall pick. It, like and that was their one of their later picks because it was like 19, 20, 21. They've been, I think, top 10. <laughs> and they have not been pretty. But uh yeah, and Brady Singer's a thing this year, or at least in the last 10 starts. Yeah, he's been killing it, man. He's been killing it. Uh, but yeah, you, you it's funny that you talked about as um as we end that segment about the minor league players, it's funny you talk about, well, I'm in a 30 team fantasy league because I, and so that's why I know about these guys. I need to be on my toes. I got to know these players, these, these uh, unheralded players. Because uh, there's two guys that I've picked up and one of them I flipped in a, in a major kind of deadline deal that netted me Felix Batista and Sean Manaya and the guys at Cleveland fan. And he was doing like what you're doing, which we're about to talk about, which was just tearing down his entire team. Yeah. He, he won the very first year championship. So he's playing with house money for like, I think he said the next 18 seasons he's playing for free. And, okay. um, but he's a big Indians fan. So he was like trading around, trading all of his good players, you know, trying to just total rebuild from scratch. And Will Brennan and Will Benson. Will Benson's currently, uh, he was the one I, I dubbed Baby Olsen, uh, but he was called up playing some outfield first base for the Indians right now. And then Will Brennan is still in the outfield. Neither of those guys were on Fangraph's top 40 prospects. And Will, I mean, they were like the two best players in the International League, which is, you know, the AAA league for that side of the country. Yeah. I mean, two of the best bats, and they weren't even in the Indians' 40 man or best 40. So you, you got to find these guys. And w- when they get off to hot starts at the beginning of the year, you know, sometimes you got to, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But when it go- turns into three weeks, six weeks of really good sustained performance, like I, I jump all over guys like that. Yeah. Uh, Corey Richman, our favorite wrestling fan on the interwebs. It's kind of asking about Vaughn Grissom. If we talked about, we did, we did talk a little bit about him, but we didn't really, uh, go too deep into him uh he was uh he i don't remember him being uh in the early season uh highly touted prospects list but he's moving up and up he's always had big potential he's now the default number one prospect for the atlanta braves because they've After already all the trades up. yeah <laughs> the trades and calling up all the other guys that they called up 
Uh, but uh, let's see what we have here. My, uh, Vaughn Grissom, 21-year-old, right-handed, 6'3", middle infielder. Uh, hit tool is kind of uh, uh, capped at 45, but the power is there. So he's a very exciting player. There's some speed potential as well with the potential to be a very uh, slick fielding uh, middle infielder. What has he done in the minors? Go ahead and take it away, Sean. What do you think about Vaughn Grissom? He was doing great in the minors this year. I mean, like, fantabulous. Mm. Um Batting 312 in 74 games in high A, which is where he started the year, on base over 400 with a 9% walk rate, uh, 11% strikeout rate. He's never had high strikeout rates. The thing that does kind of give me pause is that in his last you know 23 games, which came at double A, we saw the strikeout rate go up a little. I mean, basically yeah. around 14, 15%, but the walk rate cut in half. Mm-hmm. I mean, he granted he was still hitting. I mean, he hit 360. So he's one of those guys that, Obviously, I guess can kind of make it work, but that profile that worries me is, is kind of the, the Drew Waters. The guy is so good in high A and double A that he can swing at basically anything and get it in play where he wants to. But when you get to triple A, the majors, sometimes the more advanced pitching can take advantage of you. Yeah. And right now, you know, he has the two home runs and they've been moonshots. Granted, I think the one yesterday came off a guy who whose last start came in like high A or double A before making his debut in the majors. So rough. Um, but yeah, Vaughn Grissom could be really good. I, I'm not trying to poo-poo on him too hard, but um, yeah, a lot of strikeouts. And it's, I don't know. It, it's a risky proposition calling guys straight up from double A. It, it always is. It always is. And then reminder, first and foremost, uh, I found out the hard way he's not related to Marquise Grissom. That's the only reason I looked him up a while back ago. But uh, he's only 21 years old, man. You got to give him some time. You got to give him some time. And maybe the Braves did mess up by calling him up too soon. But we'll see. I mean, I don't know if this is another uh, case of Jared Kalenic here. And he's all, uh, Corey's also asking, how much percentage of your fab would you give? Would you oh. use to get him? What I think that's the like the free agent claim money in, in okay. leagues where uh, you can't just pick up a guy in free agency like you have to, you know, say you get a thousand thousand dollars at the beginning of the year and you have that. So you make all of your claims throughout the year. So it's wow. kind of like a, a bidding auction system. Um, uh, I think I haven't bid out on him for like one seventy four. 150 175 and i think i have like 250 left i'm also very cautious with my fab i I usually don't spend it all in the first two three months like a lot of people and then i notice i can get whoever i want by the end of the year in terms of fab oh man i have never played in a league where i have to use fab it's usually a a free-for-all with the waiver wire and um i don't know how do you want to do this with my crappy ass team i don't know man just throw it up there throw it up there I'm about to vomit right now for sure. All right. <laughs> all right. Let's take a look. Uh, Be, so, go ahead. Bef- yeah. Before he starts, I tried to talk him off the ledge, guys. Nope. I, I tried. To, I tried to talk him off the ledge. He said he was like still third in his league's overall fourth. points. Fourth. fourth. And I said, you're doing something right if you're, you know, scoring the fourth most points. No, I'm not. No. Look, it's eight set record, man. All that matters is wins and losses, brother. That's why I had to do what I had to do. And so Felipe decided he was going to atomic bomb his team. Hell yeah. And uh, this is what happened. Well, this is uh, how it was week 18. This is the the big, the for me, this was it. This was uh, around the, yeah, this is August 1st week, the week of August 1st, I should say. And it was uh, do or die for me. Either I 
come up with a big performance or it's time to blow things up. And it turns out it's time to blow things up as uh, it's just, well, it, it, oh, this team, this team just pisses me off so much. Cause yeah, for the last four or five years, you know, I've had Jacob the Grum, I've had Christian Yellis to both NL Cy Young and NL MVP contenders every single season and actual winners too. And I have nothing to show for it. And this year, I, again, I'm scoring a lot of points, but a lot of teams are just, pounding me i've given up the most points as well which is i can't control that you know but it's just kind of disheartening that once again i i'm, I'm up there in points for but i'm also up there in points allowed and there's really nothing i could do about that um well have you tried outscoring the other team and i would i would uh counter by asking can you stop being a jerk it's not my <laughs> fault i, I can't these are i tried uncontrollable variables right so this is what the team looked like there's, there's carson kelly matt olsen that's my hitting lineup, Jonathan India, Luis Arias, Bo Bichette, Jordan Alvarez, Chaz McCormick, because uh, Julio Rodriguez got hurt, Randy Arozarena, Kristen Yelich, uh, Nolan Jones was on the team still, Noel B. Martins, my minor leaguer. So yeah, the, the segue that I was going to try to do is like, you're on a 30-team league, but this is a simple 12-team, I get to keep five players, two minor league players are protected as well, so you know, potential. So uh, here's Zach Davies. I'm trying to take advantage of the fact that he's going to be pitching two starts coming out of you know, uh, uh, a shoulder injury. I believe it was, I was like, fuck it. Let's go. This is do or die. Let's quantity over quality at this point. Right. Nate Ovaldi, Braxton Garrett, Logan Gilbert, Shane McClanahan, Spencer Strider, Brandon Woodruff, Scott Barlow, David Bednar, Cutter Crawford, Sonny Gray, George Kirby, and Logan Allen from the Cleveland guardians of the galaxy. Those are my pitchers. So there you have it. I'll stop sharing my screen and uh, forget what you know about that team. Cause it is completely different now. <laughs> it's completely different. Cause I did something that I normally don't do, Sean. I, as you, as I've said time and time again, in this, on this podcast, I hate, hate making trades. I spend all my time in the winter, just doing all this research to get ready for the draft, just so I don't have to make any trades. So I can concentrate on getting those waiver wire pickups that might come in handy later in the season. But yeah, trades and I, we don't get along. I, <laughs> I, I hate dealing with people. People usually want to lowball me. And then when you try to counter, they're like, mm, they, they ignore your trade offer for five days. And you're like, ah, whatever. So you, you just move, cut bait, move on. And your team still stays, well, your team. But this year I went the aggressive approach. Like, all right, fire sale. Who wants these players? And Sean, yeah, you might have something to say about you're doing something right. You know, the whole speech that you were trying to give me, you're doing something right, Felipe. Don't don't panic just yet because I've never had a trade frenzy where you had multiple owners inquiring about the same players. So you're right. I must be doing something right. But, you know, it came at the expense that a lot of these guys wanted my players. So obviously good good process, poor results. Yeah. But yeah, I, but I was able to leverage all that, this competition for my players by saying, all right, well, you're offering me a second rounder. The other team's offering me a first rounder. What do you got for me? Ooh, that's too much for my blood. All right. You think I'm bluffing? <laughs> Bye. Except, <laughs> and let's, let's talk about these uh, trades. Uh, and again, the, from August 6th through August 11th, I made five trades, which is, has to be, and that doesn't even include all the trade offers I made. I, I, we're talking about like record, record setting stuff here. I never do this. So getting outside my comfort zone, getting outside the box, outside the box, thinking all that. It's good that you do it. I encourage everybody to do it to, uh, you know, just kill the monotony that is uh, fantasy baseball. Not, not to uh, 
I, I also don't you shouldn't be trading like a lunatic as well, making <laughs> trades just to make trades. But in this instance, it was a necessary um, it was a necessary proposal I had to do. So uh, with the intention beginning of August 6th, my intention was Jordan Alvarez, Julio Rodriguez and Shane McClanahan were going to be my three keepers. Those guys were untouchable. And guess what happened, Sean? Everybody was asking about those three guys. Of course, Jordan of course. Alvarez. What would it take to trade Jordan Alvarez? Would you like my no, first round pick for it? No, 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 I would not. <laughs> How about this uh, a pitcher who's been hurt all year? Would you like him? No, no. What am I going to do with a hurt pitcher? I can't keep him for next year. All right. So, uh, and then I still have a choice. I still got to pick two from, from two out of the three players here, either Bo Bichette, Man Olsen, and jo- Jonathan India for next season. So I, I, I got options, but I got to make some choices here. So the first trade I made, I trade Spencer Strider and Braxton Garrett, a sixth rounder, a ninth rounder, and a twelfth rounder. Uh, I get Reed Detmers, Aaron Ashby, two first round picks and a third round pick. I'm good to go, man. Sold to the highest bidder. So I get the draft picks and, you know, I get two 25-year-old starting pitchers. I know you don't like that trade, but it had to be done, Sean. It had to be done for two reasons. Number one, I'm kind of iffy about Spencer Strider. Love his stuff. It's explosive, but he's only a – for me, something – there's something uh, risky to take a, a guy who only has two pitches in his arsenal and there's no other secondary or tertiary pitches to keep uh, hitters honest. I mean, honest. he has a changeup. Uh, I mean, Jacob DeGrom doesn't throw his changeup yeah. anymore. Well, I mean, there's Jacob DeGrom. So we so we really are assuming that Spencer Strider is an ex- I, Jacob I, DeGrom. I, I, I think he's like the closest thing I've seen in a long time. Granted, the Mets still kind of wore him down, but the power fastball at the slider, it was it's really freaky to see. And, and the fact that they faced up against each other was even more uh, freaky. <laughs> yeah it, it was tough but you know it, it established something here like hey i'm open for business you guys want my players i'm serious when i say this i want to get rid of everybody including a 23 year old i want to get rid of everybody i want to complete facelift i'm not winning with him so what's the point i want to i got to get ready for next year i mean you know it's the there's the whole uh grasshopper versus the ant uh fable right you know the grasshopper wanted to par- yeah the grasshopper wanted to party all the time well the ant was getting ready for winter now in the summer that's what i'm doing sean i'm getting ready for winter Winter's coming. Uh, really I, mean, I mean, like your team next year could be really good because you have, I think I, I counted it up after you sent it to me and it was six or nine, like in the first four rounds. Uh, yeah, there was the results here. The results are one. Okay. So uh, two, four, seven. Yeah. Nine, nine in the first four rounds. Yeah. Like that's, that could be huge. That yeah. could absolutely be huge. And that's but, why I did what I did. Yeah. But it could also just be nothing. No, man, I'm going to turn that nothing into something. You'll see. You'll see. Uh, but yeah, th- those are the guys that I've been. So that's the thing. I'm going to trade my established players, but I want some young players in return. And I want those damn draft picks because that's what it's all about. The no, draft picks. What's ahead. the point of the young players in your format if you're oh, not going to keep them? Oh, you never know, man. Today's uh, unproven young players is tomorrow's. Uh, oh, I want that guy on my team right for next year. He might be something special. Uh, but. I don't know. It's it's just nice insurance. It's good insurance to have. And, and then I still need to fill out my roster every week, right? Yeah. I'd rather fill it out with young players and see how they develop in the next, uh, what do we have here? Two months, let's, roughly two months, less than two months ago. I'd rather do that than go in the waiver wire and say, all right, well, now i got to pick up the next group of scrubs to <laughs> solidify. To, i I got to build a lineup. i got to create a lineup. i got to do nine hitters, seven pitchers. You know, I... I and... You know, I want to, 
I feel I can compete with this team still. I, I want to play the role of spoiler. I want your draft picks. I want your young players. And I want to mess up your playoff chances too while I'm at it. So I want it all, Sean. I, I want it all. I want it all. Uh, Lynn on the chat is asking who's going to win the AL Central. Uh, Guardians, I think, at this point. I, I, I have no clue, honestly. <laughs> Whichever team sucks the least. Well, if the White Sox keep playing the Tigers, maybe they'll win. You know, they looked pretty good the other night. Uh, I don't. I, although I, I, I wasn't paying attention to uh, last night's game. I was at the movies last night, so I don't know who won that game. But uh, I'm gonna go into the projected standings over at Fangraphs and see what they say there. Uh, how do I do that again? Well, anyway, while I do that, oh, there it is. Playoff odds. Okay, I think I found it. Here we go. Over at Fangraphs, the AL Central, they have the Guardians making the playoffs at 58, percent followed by the Twins at 47, percent and then the White Sox at 42.9. Uh, those seem accurate to you there, Sean? Yeah, just about. And the granted, I think the division might be closer than that. It is, it is. Um, well, because like the Guardians right now are you know almost 43% to win the division, Twins are at 31. I, I think that's more like 35 or 33, 37. Um, oops, then 42, 31. So, yeah, there's the that, that's what it looks like. Uh, even. Yeah, and even <laughs> look at the projected wins. 84 wins is going to get you the division, Sean. How 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 big of a joke is this? That's rough. Hey, but maybe the White Sox can bounce back. Look, a 484 strength of schedule for the rest of the season. Oh, uh, the Mets have like a silly um where the is the, where, yeah. Well, okay, so like not okay, right now it's 492, but it's after the month of August once we get through the Braves and we have one more series with the Dodgers. Like September, we face Oakland twice, Washington <laughs> twice, Atlanta once, Chicago twice, Pittsburgh twice. I mean, it's like literally all the booty cheek teams all in the <laughs> one month. Yeah, and I, I know that was a big, uh, uh, big fiasco, big controversy that was happening. Was so how come the well, the, the Major League Baseball purposely put all the cupcakes against the Atlanta Braves? Like, what is this college football? Get out of here. They're not facing Division Three teams. Come on. I mean, yeah. o- o- Oakland uh, is Oakland even in like I-, I feel like they wouldn't even be uh, FBS. They'd be like FCS. Like uh, they're they're not even FBS Division Three. Like they're FCS. Oh no, I would say it's BS. It's bullshit what they're doing <laughs> over there. That's what it is. But hey, Shane Langoliers might be getting called up soon. We'll see. I, I heard that he. I saw the report that uh, they expect him to be called up. Yeah. So there you have it. Uh, Looks like Guardians, Twins, and White Sox, and then the Royals and Tigers are way out of contention, even though we just spoke highly of the Kansas City Royals not too long ago. All right, so I'll stop sharing my screen. Next on the docket, trade number two. You ready for trade number two? Yeah, go for it. Oh, you're going to love this one, man. I know you love this one a lot. Felipe trades Brandon Woodruff in a 10th round pick, and I get Walker Bueller, Grayson Rodriguez, and a third round pick. And uh, I'll tell you, man, I, I, I was working with my guy Steve Carey with this uh, with this deal, and and he was very hesitant. And then out of the woodwork, I had two other teams asking, hey, Brandon Woodruff, uh, what, what are you willing to get for him? And I told him, I want a draft pick and I want young players. Oh, but one team did offer me a second rounder. Last I checked, Sean, second rounders are better than third rounders, right? So I go back to Steve. Steve, I like this deal, but you got to give me that third rounder. Steve wanted to give me a fourth rounder and stuff. I'm like, no, I, I, I don't want a fourth rounder. I want a third rounder. Brandon Woodruff is a really good player. You're, 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 I'm taking that's the what risk I here. that's what I tried telling you, and you still are no, damn I'm set on trading them. <laughs> done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm just like, yeah, this is the personification of how the last few seasons have gone. Brandon Woodruff, uh, great player, but I don't know, so something's lacking there. 
and uh, I just want—I don't want to see him anymore. I, I'm done. Uh, but Walker Buehler, when he's healthy, he could be a top five pitcher. I know, Sean, you're going to tell me, well, the arm injury, arm injury. Hey, if he comes back on, in mid-September and he pitches the way I know he pitches, I either have a fifth keeper that I've been looking for as a starting pitcher or trade bait. Like, hey, he pitched great in the playoffs as well. He got that no-hitter in the World Series. Yeah, imagine Walker Buehler getting a no-hitter in the World Series. Man. That, can you imagine the the stock, his price goes up in the offseason? Hey, the, who wants the, the World Series hero? The last update I have heard on Walker Buehler uh-huh. was from July 26th from RotoWire. He played catch. Yeah, yeah. I remember getting those updates when I had Jacob LeGrom too, man. And you think he's starting. That's, in the next week, uh, I don't no, think no, no, weekend in the next month, and you will be not, in the playoffs. I, I no, that's what the reports say that he that the Dodgers are expecting him to be back by mid September. Like, if the Dodgers think that, then I'm gonna go with it. it and he's gonna it. come back with his barely eight K's per nine, four ERA. I said when he's fully healthy, he's a top five starting pitcher in my book. I don't even think his struggles this year were health related. Uh, well, like, I, I, I think it was just like he finally they kind of caught up to him. Well, when he's fully healthy, he's a top five starting pitcher. That's my story. And I'm sticking to it. And at the very <laughs> least, I get a free Grayson Rodriguez out of it. Grayson Rodriguez, the number one, the number one starting pitching prospect and all. And, and, and I get a third rounder for insurance as well. Yeah. And he, and he pitches in Baltimore. So whoop do you do? Oh, I th- oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I thought we love Baltimore. Jordan Lyle, Cy Young Award candidate. Dean Kramer oh. is what every pitcher should be. Oh. <laughs> Felix Bautista. Well, we always love Felix Bautista. Yeah. That's my guy right there. Did you see what they did with uh, his last uh, – it was like last week. But he entered because, you know, he's finally been named the closer. Like, that's who they're going to after the Jorge Lopez trade. But they did the Omar whistle from the wire. Oh, nice. Yeah, and like as he exited the bullpen, it all quieted down, and they started doing the whistle. And that – yeah, and he gets about halfway, and then it like broke out into some like rock music. But it was like really freaking cool. I was like, that that is cool. We need more of that. Yeah, we need more of that. And, and also, we need people to start believing in Spencer Watkins, Kyle Bradish, Kyle Bradish, former uh, 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 prospect show uh, player for, for for our podcast. We we mentioned him before on this podcast. Yes, he he was a guy we mentioned for sure before he became a thing. Now he's uh, the most one of the most important starting pitchers on Baltimore Orioles. Uh, oh darling of a team that everybody loves suddenly this team cannot do anything wrong the last three years of his management and and, and just trying to make this team as bad as it can be it, it's all of a sudden good and ready to make a playoff run god bless them but no oh Grayson Rodriguez I guess he's a good starting pitcher prospect I guess don't give me that Sean you were singing his praises a couple months. I, ago. I, oh, I, I like Grayson Rodriguez. All I, right. I think I think All he's right. really good, but it's it's Baltimore. Like, no, no, it's have, it's Baltimore. <laughs> they have that great wall of Baltimore that has even things out, man. It turned Jordan Lyles into a, a Cy Young Award winner. There, people can't stop talking about how awesome the Orioles are. But let, well, let's give them credit then. Jordan Lyles and his one point four four whip, boys. Everybody he's winning, loves him. He's winning no, the Cy Young. Orioles can't do wrong. Or that was that's what I was told this summer. Orioles are going to be they're so awesome, Felipe. You're just a hater. Yeah. You are a hater. <laughs> Kyle Bradish in a six forty two ERA. Dean Kramer is now what every young pitcher should strive for. Austin Voth is thirty years old. Oh, this rebuild is working with Austin Voth at thirty years old. No, I remember man. when Austin Voth was kind of like a prospect. <laughs> kind of like, like like he had like the really like it was in 2015, 2016, like 
baseball savant was just becoming a thing and he was like 99th percentile and spin rate on his curve and everyone's like oh he's gonna be awesome and i i kind of fell into i was like oh yeah austin voth could be a thing yeah. and um no, Austin Voth is definitely not a thing. Let's see. 2017 report. Uh, low-graded fastball. Decent slider. Low-graded curveball. The changeup was a work in progress. Command uh, was pretty darn good. Maybe that's what this, the appeal was. But future value of 40. Again, 2017. He was the 15th-ranked prospect at one point for the Baltimore Orioles. Um, so, yeah, Austin, Austin Voth. was a, a Nationals guy. Sorry, 15th-ranked. Uh, whatever team he was on. So the it, was, it, was, it, was, it was Voth and somebody else. And I can't remember who it was. That was kind of a pitching prospect at that time. Ronaldo Lopez. No, I'm joking. Although the years it, match up. Yeah, it was it wasn't Lopez or Giolito, but it was both and somebody else, and I can't remember who. Oh well, continue. That's Your teardown. Continue, uh, continue the, the teardown. Tear down. The major facelift that's happening here. All right. So I got the so now I'm, you know, I got these early round picks. I got some promising players back. Uh, Walker Bueller might be a thing. And when he does, I'm gonna sell as high as I can get, because he's going to pitch a no-hitter in the World Series. You'll see, Sean. You'll see. Okay. But the next trade, okay. trade, trade number three. I trade Nate Yovaldi, Kristen Yelich, Matt Olsen, plus a first-round pick. Good, Felipe, what the fuck are you doing trading away a first-round pick? Well, I get Manny Machado and Christian Javier back in a sixth-rounder just to balance out the draft picks. Uh, I've been trying to get Manny Machado for almost a year now. I, I, finally, I... I finally got him. Manny Machado's a superstar. He's the reason they... We saw it. He's the reason the Padres are even in somewhat of contention this year because there's no Tatis. He's too busy. Uh, well, we talked about it at the beginning of the, of the show. <laughs> we know what he's busy doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Getting the, uh, re- rehabbing from wrist injury, right? Wrist surgery, sorry. So now this gives me Jordan Alvarez, Julio Rodriguez, Shane McClanahan, and Manny Machado as my four keepers, and I still get to pick one from either Bo Bichette or Jonathan India. Huh? See? Those early-round picks, I was able to leverage that and get myself a really good uh, keeper third baseman for next season. I guess, I guess. Tapping my head. No, man. I've been doubting Manny Machado for decades. Machado had like a really good first two months, and he's been kind of so-so. Hey, man, regression works both ways. He's going to go back up on that hill. He's been hitting the crap out of the ball. I might beat the guy who I traded with right now who's in playoff contention. I might beat him this week because Manny Machado's been carrying my team. He's been doing awesome this week. So that's why you get a Manny Machado for the explosive bat. I mean, he's also a very old 30. Yeah, well... We, I mean, I, I would have I, I, I struggled to give up a first there. I would have maybe done like a second or a third and get like a 10th back. But I, I would have been very hesitant to give up that uh, at first. Nah, I, I have high hopes for Manny Machado. I mean, people don't have a problem with Bryce Harper being in his early 30s and stuff. So I figured they're about the same. Uh, they're among the league leaders in production, according to some of these metrics. Uh, stat cast numbers. Also, what I saw was that they're both up there as well. It's a lot to like. So, I mean, if I figure Bryce Harper and Manny Machado are pretty much like cut from the same cloth. Uh, obviously, Harper has better plate discipline, but Harper gets easily yeah. more neutralized by left-handed pitchers. <laughs> We've seen it, man. We No, no, don't give me that. We've seen that before <laughs> where they just pitch outside the strike zone and and you get the all the uh, mouth breathers out there saying, why is Bryce Harper is so overrated? He only has like eight, 60 RBI. Nobody, because people are afraid to pitch to him. That's why. There's, he's doing something right. I will say this with Manny Machado um, in the Statcast era. This is the lowest expected Woba he's ever posted at 339. His actual Woba is 381, um, which is higher than last year's, but lower than 2020's. Um, 
It's actually the second highest of his career in the Statcast era. But yeah, three thirty nine expected one. Just thought you I have. I counter that by saying he has the second. He has posted the second highest WRC plus of his career this season. Putting that team on his back, Sean. You can't even say anything <laughs> about that, okay? And I put the team on my back. He, that's what he's done all year. We no, but brother, we've seen those the lineup before they made all those trades. We, by the way, the the Padres doing all those trades was an inspiration to me. By the way, I just want to. Uh, okay, they but, they inspired uh, you to go out and get them. Well, that too, but no. But the, the other thing was that we seen what that lineup looked like before they made all these trades. It was garbage. What happened to all of the? They haven't even traded all their best prospects yet. Well, to me, it wasn't necessarily like garbage. It was just the guys that had been good or not doing good. Like Jake Cronenworth, especially. I was like, damn, like I really liked Cronenworth. Yeah, I mean, so do I. And, he's and Trent Grisham forgot how to hit, hit a baseball. And... He, had a, he had a home run the other night, man. Yeah, he so, says all that, yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, – but no, all those guys are struggling, but Manny Machado put that team on his back and put the Padres in relevance and in the driver's seat to get Juan Soto. So, yeah. I was say, don't say driver's seat to win the wild card because they, they barely hang it in there. Have, this team had no right to be in any playoff contention. Uh, I know, right I know. I'm just right. saying. I'm the just only saying. Reason, I just, I, I cannot emphasize this enough. The reason that they're in playoff contention is because of Manny Machado. That's what big players do. Big time players do big time things. This is why you, White Sox. This is why you go out there and give the man whatever the hell he wants. Three hundred million dollars, four hundred million dollars. This is what a really good player does. Hey, you. hey, you can't blame them. They signed John Jay. John Jay was his best friend. And uh, the other guy, John Jay's easily, yeah, and John Jay's easily worth a hundred million dollars in a contract negotiation, and they got him for the nice low price of like two and a half million, I think. So, boom, they uh, they, they they tried their hardest. Yeah, Steve, uh, my my buddy Steve is finally on the chat, and he's wondering, hey, did you talk about that trade that we made? Yeah, yeah, uh, I love it. Sean doesn't. So, um, but yeah, when I told Steve that there was other people asking about it, he quickly said, "All right, fine." I'll accept the trade. Well, I obviously had to explain to him what was going on, but yeah, he 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 didn't hesitate to accept that trade when I told him that two other teams were uh, involved in trade talks. So people suddenly like Brandon Woodruff. Well, that that was like the the deal I made with the guy tearing down his team uh, was I really wanted Felix Batista. Uh, he has starting pitcher eligibility and he's closing games. And I was like, yes, that is awesome. I also have Edwin Diaz. David Bednar had just gone on the IL, uh, so I was. I don't think he had actually been named on the aisle yet. So I was like, I need to get this trade done before mm. it goes out or else he, he's just going to bend me over the barrel. And um, he had Clevenger and he kept trying to give me Mania. And I, I've always never been a huge fan of Mania, especially in points league, doesn't strike out any guys, whatever. And um, I said, Clevenger. And I knew this guy was working the phones, working the phones. Mm-hmm. And then finally he stopped responding. And I was like, I can't afford to let, Felix Batista and whoever else end up on so, like another contenders team. Like the guys that I'm, you know, chasing or that I'm going to be competing with, they cannot get better because I didn't make this deal. And so I said, screw it, whatever. I accepted the deal he had sent with Manaya and then flipped Manaya along with Matt Allen to get you Darvish, who I traded for at the deadline last year and then traded him in the offseason to get Christian Yelich. So hopefully this time trading for you Darvish works out better. Uh, Maurice on the chat says these trades are better than the ones on MLB the show. <laughs> any any to... anything's better than MLB the show trades. <laughs> like how bad are we talking about here? Oh oh, they're bad. Like you can trade Juan Soto for like two nickels and a dusty peanut. 
what are the minute man over here two nickels yeah. and, double nickels on a dime <laughs> uh for those who don't know, don't know the minute men band from the 80s if you ever listen to the jackass have you ever watched jackass the theme that they use is one of their songs you know the, the one with the, oh this, yeah, yeah 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 the name of the song is corona it's a really good song go listen to it uh corona uh, uh, not yeah. that one. No, no, that's a different 80s song. Uh <laughs> Steven is talking shit and he's feeling himself right now. Stop trying to sell yourself on that trade. I love that trade. I get Grayson Rodriguez, the number one prospect. I mean, he he he, he was trying to get Julio Rodriguez from me for Grayson Rodriguez. I'm like, no, nah, I don't think so. No, nah, no, nah, fam. <laughs> no, nah, fam. But I end up getting Grayson Rodriguez anyway. So who has the last laugh now, huh? I get, a, <laughs> I get a free player out of it for next year. Thank you, Steven. Good luck the rest of your way. Uh, and uh, Steve, your team is literally always performs in reverse to normal logic. Like, I don't, yeah, it's like when I, I mean, try to, he, he's got you there. <laughs> no, I mean, he got me there because when I try to lose, my team's content with competing, and when I try to win, my team's losing. I don't get this thing, I hate points. Leagues. I don't know why I bother. <laughs> Next trade up, uh, uh, my buddy Matt Bushnell and I, after uh, failed attempts to make a uh, you know several trade offers, we finally settled on listen, I need space for Grayson Rodriguez. Uh, you, you know, you you mentioned you like uh, Logan Taylor Allen from the Cleveland Guardians of the Galaxy. How about just give me Luis Garcia for Logan Allen and we'll call it a day. And you agree. All right, fine. You got yourself a deal. Luis Garcia. You know how I feel about the Astros. I already got Christian Javier. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Which wait, wait, that wasn't Lu- Luis Garcia you got, was it? Luis Garcia, the Houston Astros pitcher. I thought you got Luis Garcia, the Nationals second baseman. No, what? Are no, you sure? I, I could swear when I looked at that picture, it said Luis Garcia, the national second baseman. No, Sean, Luis Garcia from the Houston Astros. Oh, uh, right? okay. okay. He, he's he's going to pitch against Chris Archer next week uh, or uh, August 25th. Oh, oops, I'm on the wrong date. But um, no, I, I, uh, Luis Garcia, I've been trying to trade for Luis Garcia f- again for the entirety of the year with Matt Bushnell. And, and he was very uh, stern, like, no, I'm not trading him away. I'm not trading him away. But uh, he said he liked Logan Allen. I like Luis Garcia, so we swapped pitchers. Now he has a minor league pitcher for next year. And Luis Garcia, I I want to. I just wanted him on my team, and I needed space for Grayson Rodriguez on the minor league slot. So I got. I now have Christian Javier and Luis Garcia, and I can't wait to just sit back and enjoy them pitch, and not play for anything on my team this year. But I'm just gonna enjoy them. I'm gonna enjoy them while I have them. Yeah. And maybe maybe some of the Houston Astros fans in the, on the in the league might want them. Now, I got nothing wrong to say about that trade, do you? Huh? It's whatever trade. Yeah, I mean, damn right it, it is. It's it's a whatever trade. I, I I seriously thought it was Luis Garcia, the national second what? baseman. I, I don't know. I just when I looked at it, that was I could swear I saw a little Nationals thing, Washington WSH, like next to it. Oh my god! I just missed Leon telling me that uh, that Felipe is basically the Sean Marks of the of, of his fantasy league. Like I, I, you know what? That's a good comparison. I am Sean Marks. I am a mark for myself. All right. Uh, so, like I said, this opens up the Grayson Rodriguez in my minor league slot. And then finally, the big trade with uh, Austin. I wish he were here to, to kind of uh, give us his thoughts, but he couldn't make it. This and that morning. was that was in the same league, right? It's in the same league. Same He's in league. that one. OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's confusing because I'm in two leagues with him. But this yeah, is the, that's the that's where I was league. confused. I was like, uh... no, same league, same okay. league. So Felipe trades Luis Arias, Reed Detmers, Carson Kelly, Logan Gilbert, a sixth rounder and an, and an 11th rounder. Felipe gets Dalton Varsho, Cabrian Hayes, Nolan Gorman, Jesus Lazardo, second and fourth round picks. And I haven't made any trades since then, but I was happy about that trade. Just like, I just wanted to go away. Go away. Give me those early round draft picks. Okay. So who who was the the first the your, what who you gave up? Oh, you want me to repeat the trade? Yeah, just who you gave up. That's Lu- Luis Arias. Okay. Reed Detmers. Okay. Carson Kelly, the catcher. Yeah. And Logan Gilbert. Okay. 
and the six and eleventh round picks. Yeah, and then you got back the Gorman, Hayes, Lazardo, and, and you see, Dalton, like, and like these are the, show. like these are the trades that don't like make sense to me because, like, in reality, you're probably not keeping any of these guys. So, like, no, why just are one we... of those early, just one of those early round draft picks, man? And yeah, then, like uh, I get the draft picks, but it's like. I don't get how the trades like that work. And, and I, well, and, I mean, it, it's, uh, it, I mean, they work. This is the type of, these are the type of trades that happen in our league. And as opposed to the baseball life league where you have so many players that nobody wants to make any trades because, yeah. well, why should I make a trade when we have a big roster size and, you know, because James, who's on, who was on the chat for a little bit, I mean, he like, hey, Felipe, I know you need pitching. Yeah, mm-hmm. but if, if I acquire a pitcher from you, I'm going to have to give up one of my, really really good hitters and there's nine keepers for next season so i mean i don't know is it worth it or do i just keep streaming pitchers and i decided i think i'm just gonna keep streaming pitchers until the until their arms fall off i I don't know i don't know i mean i I don't know what's up with that league that nobody made a single trade not a single team looked at the roster and said no i'm good i'm good with the way things are i could say that because i'm in i'm in top three right now in the division and the and the standings, but for some of these uh, teams in the bubble who are on the outside looking in the playoffs, I'm very surprised that they didn't make a trade. As we've seen trades, hey, uh, hey don't look at ahead. me like that. Don't look at me like that. I didn't look at you. I, I didn't look at you. <laughs> don't 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 talk about me like that. <laughs> I was looking at making some trades, but I, I figure I can just live on the waiver. Yeah, Austin. Uh, Steve has something to say about Austin. I'm very shocked that he gave up Varsho. He didn't want to give up Varsho. He's like, I don't know if I should. Well, he's not doing well. Just give him to me. You know you want to. He's not doing well. Just give him to me. <laughs> you know you want Reed Detmers. You 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 Angels fan. Yeah, I, I with the second you said you were trading with Austin, you said Reed Detmers. I was like, yeah, that you want him over. But uh, no, he wasn't. Varsho, even though he hasn't played a lot of catcher this year, he's still starting. Two forty four batting average, three sixteen on base percentage. I mean, how's the uh, points uh, totals here? Uh, I guess the high was twenty seven and a half, which is good. But then he'll come with uh, uh, weeks where he only puts up less than 10 points yeah. you know so it's like hit or miss with him and there was a week where he put up four points and like what's the excuse there you're not even catching bro like come on you're, you're supposed to be an outfielder now is he still gonna yeah i'll say he's played 31 games a catcher so he'll have eligibility there next year yeah, so maybe i'll keep him next year just for giggles but right? i mean I'm, that's the thing with him though is he's like a legitimate <laughs> gold glove outfielder so yeah. they don't even really need they're finally starting to get uh Cooper Hummel, who they called back up. Cooper Hummel's played a couple of games behind the plate. So fingers crossed he can get to his catcher eligibility. Um because that'd be fun. And then the other thing I know about Austin is he loves, loves Logan Gilbert as well. Just like I like Logan Gilbert. He he's stolen from me in in, in both my leagues. Well, yeah. no, I got him in this league, but he got him in the other league. I and yeah, he didn't want he hesitated to give him up in the podcast league, but he got him back in the points league. So that, that's the problem when you work with when you're in the leagues with your podcast partner, we know each other too much. Just like you giving up Luis Robert for nothing, basically. Yeah. Let's not talk about that, please. Yeah. At one point I got <laughs> Nick Sensel back. Like, oh, and I got Nick Sensel back. That's, that's very interesting. For those who don't remember, Sean traded me Luis Robert and uh, Austin Martin. And all I had to give up was Jerry Klenick and Nick Senzel. And then I kept Luis Robert. Uh, he drops Nick Senzel, and then eventually he dropped Jerry Kalenic. I finally dropped Austin Martin, and I got Nick Senzel for a couple of weeks. So uh, that means I won that trade, not just by by virtue of Luis Robert, but also I got Luis and, uh, Nick Senzel back. So that's how that's how trades are uh, that's how trades are evaluated, right? When when the owner gets the player back that he traded. Anyway, 
How is uh, Nick Senzel? I, I noticed like we, the Mets just played the Reds, but Senzel only played a couple games. Uh, he's uh, played in 84 games. It's not a career high. It's close, though. Yeah. Uh, 616 OPS. Ooh. Uh, whatever. And uh, this is what the team looks like now. Uh, so no more Matt, Ol- no more Carson Kelly. I got Dalton Varsho. No more Matt Olson. I got Vinny Pasquantino. Jonathan India is hurt again. Is he even playing? Has he played this weekend? Uh, uh, he he got hit by the pitch, and the, he was the one that they couldn't even fly him out of Iowa because like his leg was so swollen, so they drove him. Yeah, well, it looks like he's out until August fifteenth, Monday. I don't know, man. It might be time for Nolan Gorman. See, more. I I mentioned it. I get more flexibility from this. Team well, now. you you, you got to look at uh, Gorman's schedule. Is uh, the pitchers he's facing Rockies um, and Diamondbacks? Well, yeah, but how many lefties are in there because he's not facing lefties? Oh, son of a bitch. Uh, oh, yeah, hold on. Let's see here. Uh, free lefty, okay. three lefties. Yeah, so mm. oh. you're welcome. Free fantasy advice. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's why we have you on the show. Oh, but look <laughs> at Manny Machado, he's about to eat next week. Look at those. Oh, that red. Oh yeah, that's so. That's why. That's why he got a first round pick out of me. He's Manny Machado. To, he's about to eat. <laughs> he's about to get fat. I don't know. Uh, Nolan Gorman's healthy, and uh, India is not. I mean, I played this game with India before. He's never. He's. He's been made out of glass this year. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. Manny Machado at third base. So no more uh, rotating uh, musical chairs. I don't need to trust Alec Baum. And Alec Baum is a guy. I, one of those young guys I'm keeping an eye on to see if he turns into a thing. Bo Bichette at shortstop. Jordan Alvarez. I, I I made all these trades, and I didn't have to give up Bo Bichette. I didn't give up Jordan Alvarez or Julio Rodriguez. I tried to give up Randy Arozarena, but no takers. You'll see. You'll, people will regret it when his price goes up. And then there's Cabrian Hayes, who's also hurt. Fantastic. <laughs> back problem. How you have a how you have back problems at, at, at 24 years old? Well, who, who, who's the other guy we just mentioned that had back problems? Oh. Uh, I know for the Pirates, it's David Bednar. He's no, there. but it, it was earlier in the show. Uh, shit. Um, anyway, um, continue. continue. <laughs> uh, Steve Carey just offered me uh, JT Real Muto for Julio Rodriguez. Like, uh, I, don't ah! so. I don't think so. I, no, I'll pass. Aaron Ashby, Felix Bautista, who now I have room for him now that, you know, uh, after the Orioles made the trade, I immediately picked up uh, Felix Bautista the day after, I guess. And there's Luis Garcia of the Houston Astros and not the Nationals. Okay, I'm not that stupid. Uh, Sonny Gray still available if anybody wants him. When he's healthy, he actually pitches very well. Jonathan Hernandez, who came back from Tommy John surgery, mm-hmm. reports are showing that he's throwing 100 miles an hour with a very devastating slider that he throws at about 55% of the time, I believe. That's the one I'm, I'm kicking myself. I've literally I held him in my 30 team lineup all on the injured slot for like two years and right before or like right during he came back like i think he was still in the minors on his rehab assignment it was not looking that good and um i needed the il slot Mm. and i and i dropped him and uh yeah after holding on to him for a long time and then that happens uh yeah i I know how you feel he's averaging 98 on the sinker uh, yes. So far, he's using a slider about 37% of the time, 56% whiff rate. Yes. Uh, 70% <laughs> ground ball rate. <laughs> uh, uh, Clay Holmes all over again. Eh. No, that was the, the high ground ball. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I mean, that'll come down. Like, he was always like pretty good ground ball guy, but I mean, he's only thrown how many innings? So. Uh, 14, I believe. 10, 10. 10, yeah. okay. Uh, George Kirby, who we are very high on George Kirby on this show. Actually, any Mariners pitchers Pitcher. we're very high on. I'm, next year, I'm be targeting Emerson Hancock, so there's some free advice for you guys over there. 
Uh, Shane McClanahan might be my default starting pitcher. He's available for the right price. Blow my socks away, you guys. You know, if you thought that the price I was asking for some of the other plays I traded away was high, wait until I hammer you guys with the the demands that I want for a Shane McClanahan. So there's Carter Crawford on my bench, Christian Javier, who's facing the Atlanta Braves. I don't like, yeah, Spencer Strider, so he's on my bench for that. Jesus Lizardo, uh, you know, can't stay healthy, but maybe he'll finally stay healthy this he's, time around. He's been nasty this year, and he just had, like, one of his first starts back from the IL, and it was he was dirty. Like in his oh, most yeah. recent start. I mean, like he still got, I think he gave up three runs in the last start, but he was throwing some nasty changeups. Yeah. Uh, five innings, seven innings, five innings. So he's been doing very well uh, since he's. Uh, and that was, that was probably the worst trade I've seen Oakland made in a long time. What was that? Uh, remind me what that offer that, was. Sorry, that was rental Starling Marte <laughs> from Miami to Oakland for five years, four years of Jesus Lazardo. Hey, man. We, we trash the A's for not trying. And when they do try, we trash them anyway. Come on. Yeah, Let's like give them some credit. Some, that was a brutal one. Let's give them some credit. Let's give them some credit for trying. Okay. Uh, there's uh, Brady Singer, who I picked up off waiver wire. Nobody else wanted him. It's like, all right, I'll take him. Like, I literally put a claim on him. So that's how badly I wanted him. And now he's on my bench because I don't like that matchup. Oh, Drew Rasmussen. Hmm. Maybe I will put him in there. We'll see. There's Walker Bueller on the aisle. And there's Grayson Rodriguez on the minor league slot. Uh, because uh, Logan Allen is gone now. So there it is. There is a team for the future. We'll see how it goes. Uh, it's a, it, it just, uh, you know what, Sean? It's a, a breath of fresh air to see new players come in, young players come in, uh, and just instead of uh, playing the, oh, I got to set my lineup, I got to put the best team available, I'm just sitting back and I'm just going to enjoy these young guys try to develop in the last couple of months. I got nothing to play for, despite the fact that I still have a, uh, Jordan Alvarez, who will get me like 30 points in a given week. Yeah. And Julio Rodriguez is becoming one of the more explosive, exciting players. So future looks a little bit brighter than it did a, a, about a week ago. About a week ago. Week about ago. a week ago. So I'm excited for that, um, uh, for this roster. We'll see how it happens. And I'm not done yet, guys. I still want to make more trades. I still want to get rid of some of these other guys, other veterans. Uh, I'm excited for Vinny Pasquatino, man. He might be someone special to finish out the year. And I know there's at least one Royals fan who might pay high price although he's the same guy who dropped them so like all right you're gonna drop him i'm gonna pick him up and so far he scored more than 20 plus points this week so thank you for that yeah yeah Vinny. uh he was definitely off to a little bit of a slow start but he's he's kicked it in gear he's starting with four men the uh baseball life league and um hey uh really i just his plate approach i mean 17 walks 24 strikeouts like he's the average has climbed and climbed he he's only gonna get better uh, that's the hope. And, you know, again, why you get these young players? Because they might turn into something. They might turn into gold. Or if yeah. not for your team, for someone else who might like them. So. And against lefties, more walks than strikeouts. Hell yeah. You know how I like my lefties. Oh, oh yeah. Now you do. <laughs> well, I, I said I, I like my lefties that way to be able to uh, mash against <laughs> other lefties. Uh, and then, again, like I said, two first-round picks now, two second-round picks, three third-rounders, two fourth-rounders. But the downside, Sean, I don't have a sixth-round pick. I don't have a ninth, a tenth, eleventh, and twelfth. It's going to get lonely for me uh, in the middle of those drafts and those very key moments of the drafts. But I'm willing to – what do you call it? I'm willing to parlay that because I believe I'm going to get a lot of good players in those early rounds. And uh, I'll just have to live with not getting a lot of those sleepers in the, in the middle rounds. So mm-hmm. those are the risks you take. But – 
I feel like my team looks a bit better than it did last week uh, before I made these trades. So um, I'm happy. Uh, quick show notes. Austin, this was supposed to be his last show. He, he didn't, he couldn't make it. Uh, we are trying to, to um, get him uh, some more uh, airtime where he does a 15 minute uh, uh, program uh, on the weekday. And uh, we're, we're thinking of calling it, calling it the total basis express, which is a, a project. Well, Sean, that's a project I wanted you to have when you were too yeah. busy last year with your, with your weird work schedule. Yeah. And ironically enough, it's Austin who was like, I'll do that. I can do that 15 minutes a week. I can do that. So he'll come in and, and, and uh, you know, be the table setter for the big show on Sunday mornings. So we're looking to see if he can make it uh, some sort of weeknight. And uh, Sean also has his own side project called the Orange Pinstripes. So you just you just had another episode recorded last week, right? Yeah, on on Wednesday, yes. And how'd that go? That was that was fun. You know, anything with Vince and Henry is uh is fun. And James. And James, of course. James, James is right yeah. there. James actually appeared on the on, on this show earlier in the chat. Uh, so hi to everybody out there. And then uh, give me a, a a player. Do you have a player for me for this upcoming week that we should keep an eye on? Uh, you see, I was just actually setting our pitching lineups in the Baseball Life Fan Tracks League, and I'm seeing uh, uh, the White Sox versus Houston. Um, Michael Kopech just coming off one of his better starts of the year. Oh, yeah. Um, let's mm. see how he – granted, it was against Detroit. Still. <laughs> I, let's let's track how it does against Houston. Because I'm, right. I'm starting both Kopech and Cease. And they're both against Houston, so uh, that's going to be the test, man. If the White Sox can't do anything against the Astros, they might as well just close up shop and see the division to the Cleveland Guardians, right? It's like on paper, the the White Sox should be doing so much better, but it's yeah, just well, they, they've least... injured every part of the human body. Apparently, there was a whole Reddit thread about um, it wasn't until Tim Anderson hurt his wrist that that was the left wrist was the one location of the human body they had yet to hurt, so. And speaking of which, I think Luis Robert also left the game on Friday. With, with also left wrist. Um, yeah, he slid hard into Jonathan Scope's leg trying to yep. steal second base. Yep, and, uh, which uh, prompted Steve Stone to say, well, when you see a guy like that blocking the base, you that's why you got to go spikes up first. I'm like, mm, <laughs> damn, Stone Pony. Damn. You, Stone Pony wanted violence. That's why he's the best in the business. He chose violence today. <laughs> Anyway, that's the show. I know we went long as always, but the, the goal of these shows is to uh, provide as much information as possible and, and, and you know, shed a light on, on, on things that happen in baseball that don't normally get publicized or get the hype it deserves. Uh, I was very happy to put some hype on those four uh, minor league players that we talked about, two guys in the yeah. 30s and then two mid-tier uh, prospects for the uh, Royals and the Orioles. And, of course, because it is my show, and Sean's just a co-host. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but, of course, I had to. I had to talk about the crazy week that was uh, last week when I made, like, 100 yeah. trades. And, 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 and even, though you, even though you shouldn't have done it, even though you shouldn't have done it. Yeah. Uh, which is weird because I'm always telling people, don't make trades to make trades. In this instance, trades have <laughs> to be done. But uh, we'll see what happens next week. Um, any last words from you, Sean? Uh, I will see you next week, Felipe DePoto Malicio. <laughs> Depoto uh, Malicio. You see, it rhymes. <laughs> yeah, it does actually. It does uh, roll off the tongue very well. I am Felipe Depoto. That is Sean. F uh, what would you be, Sean Brody? Sean Wackenham. <laughs> oh, no, don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Sean Epler, right? Oh, uh, there. Uh, Sean, Sean Strohols, who uh, used to brag about how he would save his team a lot of money by not overspending yeah. on players. And oh, oh, goodness only gracious. has one World Series championship to show. <laughs> but 20 division champions. So that's pretty good. Anyway, I am Felipe. That is Sean. We'll see you next time. Adios, guys.